Welcome to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast, where every week we bring you an interview from someone who loves these horses, from historians and breeders to insiders and professionals, all brought to you by those who love the Arabian horse. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Paul Costa with the We Love Arabian Horses podcast, and we're thrilled today to have Jonathan Horowitz with us. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Paul. It's great to be speaking with you. Well, thank you for joining us. Jonathan is with the Arabian Jockey Club, and he's been very instrumental in the organization of that, and he's currently the executive director. We're going to talk about racing quite a bit, but Jonathan, why don't we start with how you first found horses and how you first found the Arabian in particular? The way I found horses was through announcing horse races. I used to go to the racetracks in Southern California with my family as a kid. And I was enamored by the idea that there's an announcer telling people what's happening and giving them information and getting them excited. And I wanted to do that. So I started practicing. I got noticed at the racetrack near where I grew up, Los Alamitos race course. Had the chance to call my first race when I was 14 back in 1999. I was the youngest person ever to announce a horse race in the United States. But the truth is that when you're a horse race announcer, you're kind of far away from the horses. You're up in a booth while the action's going on down below. And the real shift for me with horses was when I was 30 back in 2015, I wanted to learn how to ride horses, which is the most rewarding and difficult thing I've ever become involved with. So I started learning how to ride with an eventing trainer who then subsequently became my wife. So that's kind of my life story with horses in general, but specifically the Arabians, and I know we'll get into it, that's become a a true passion for me and being involved with the breed in many different ways. Well, so you started as an announcer at 14. That alone is incredible, a racing announcer. I mean, that is fantastic. Yeah, it just was something that I became passionate about. And then from announcing horse races, I got involved announcing in high school sports and college sports. Now I announce hockey for the University of Denver. I have a lot of different layers to my life. When I'm announcing, I look very different than when I'm on the farm with my horses. It, it keeps li- We have a barn motto, never boring. And so that's, that, that would be the theme of my life, I would say. Well, so when you were doing the announcing of the racing in the very beginning, was that with Arabians or did the Arabian part come later? So the first race I ever called was for quarter horses. And then because Los Alamitos race course had quarter horses, thoroughbreds, and Arabians, I announced my first Arabian race within a year of my first race call. And I announced Arabian races when I had the chance to go to England and call some races there. But I really became more directly involved with the breed when I got my first full-time announcing job at Arapahoe Park in Colorado. And I wasn't just announcing, but I was also doing promotion and publicity about the races. In Colorado, they had thoroughbreds, quarter horses, and Arabians. And the Arabians that came through were really good. I mean, we're talking horses of the year. And so I would promote them because they had amazing stories and the people connected with them. And then the work I was doing for the racetrack got noticed by Kathy Smoke, who was the president at the time for the Arabian Jockey Club. And because of the publicity that I was giving to the Arabian breed, she brought me into the fold with the Arabian Jockey Club. And I started working on a national level promoting the Arabian racehorses. Well, that's amazing. And what an interesting journey that you've had. And I talk to a lot of people and I'm always enjoyed listening to their story and how they got to where they are today. It's quite unique. And yet we're all connected by the tapestry of the Arabian horse. Thank you. Well, then it even expanded beyond that. I got my first 
Arabian racehorse at the end of 2021, and he was a horse that I announced at the track, and three at the time, his name's A.A. Two-Face. Then last year, we in 2022, we started eventing together, and he evented and raced at the same time, and then in 2023, we focused full-time on our eventing. So it's not just with the racehorses, but also riding them, and, and now we have a few Arabians at our farm, Super G Sport horses in Colorado, where we event with the Arabians as well. That's interesting. Let's talk about Arabian racing in particular. What makes the Arabian an excellent racehorse? There's a lot that makes the Arabian racehorse truly special to watch on the track. They're athletic, they're hardy, they're graceful, they're beautiful. When the Arabians start race, they can start as young as three years old. That's still a little bit older than the quarter horses and the thoroughbred start. But they can race until... They're 11 years old, even older. We had in the United States some grade one winners at the age of 11. So you can really become wrapped up in their stories and who they are. And then they have these rivalries where they go around the country, even travel overseas and and race against each other. And what we do with the Arabian Jockey Club is really try and bring out the personalities of the horses and the people and It's amazing. I get messages. For example, the other day, I got a message from someone in Italy who just adores the horse RB Rich Like Me because she follows what we do with the Arabian Jockey Club. And, uh, you know, as I'm talking to you, I think you can just hear it through my voice. Like, they're so captivating. And the Arabian breed as a whole, it's, it's, it's so historic and so versatile. And racing is a part of that. And the athleticism that the Arabians are able to display through racing, I think is a real testament to the breed because then after racing, then they can go on and event and do endurance and all kinds of stuff. But racing is a great way for a lot of these athletic Arabians to get started. Tell me a little bit about the American racehorse versus those maybe that are overseas and how does all that compare? Is it the same or different? One of the interesting things is as old as the Arabian breed is and as old as horse racing is and When you think about thoroughbred horse racing, all thoroughbreds trace back to the same three foundation stallions with the Arabian influence. But the truth is, Arabian racing in the United States is relatively new. The first Arabian horse race in the United States was in Maryland in 1959. It's only been in the last few decades that people involved in Arabian racing have started breeding specifically for that type of performance, for racing. And now you're seeing Arabian breeding lines and a distinct Arabian racing breed being developed, the breeding lines that have created the types of horses that we have. Now, thanks to our breeders in the United States, they've done it really well. So that's gotten noticed by some of the breeders overseas who now want to bring our horses overseas to race, to introduce to their mares or to have our mares be introduced to their stallions. 20 years ago, you had kind of distinct American breeding lines versus international breeding lines now kind of melding because some breeders in the United States are even bringing in some stallions from overseas and having their influence. So it's just trying to breed the fastest, but also the most athletic and durable racehorse. And now we're starting to see kind of a global Arabian racehorse that's being developed 
for the goal of improving what they do on the track. Well, that's fantastic. I follow racing on mostly social media, and that's a newer thing for me. And I also am good friends with Sue Meyer, so I've been hearing about racing from her now for several years, and it's just become very interesting. And I think it's getting a bigger presence, which is partly probably because of all the work you all have done through the Jockey Club. Tell us a little bit about the purpose of the Jockey Club and what your goals and missions are. The Arabian Jockey Club was founded in 1987, and our mission is the promotion and education of the Arabian racing industry in the United States. And that covers a wide range of helping to coordinate racing with different tracks around the country, working with sponsors to bring higher profile races to the United States, helping to promote our horses so that people can learn about them, can become more involved with Arabian racing in the United States. And then we branch out overseas and continue to follow our great horses when they're winning some of the biggest races in the world. And when I started with the Arabian Jockey Club back in 2016, the first broadcast that I did was in Abu Dhabi for the Sheikh Zayed Jewel Crown. And that was the richest Arabian horse race that year, part of the Sheikh Mansour Festival that we've become great partners with. It's really using the promotion and education about the Arabian racehorse as a launch point to cover so many facets. And that also includes Arabian racehorses off the track. So, for example, the Tevis Cup winner Treasured Moments, race bred, trained in racing early on in her career, and now she's become one of the greatest ambassadors for the Arabian breed that we continue to celebrate because her roots were with Creron Farm in, in Arabian horse racing. So is there a reciprocal organization? I'm sure there is in Europe or in other countries. Yes. Um, we partner with a number of different organizations, whether it be from the sport management standpoint or from the promotional standpoint or running racetracks. Any day I could be talking to somebody in the UAE or in Europe or across the United States. It's it's very hard for me to keep track of what time I'm supposed to be talking to someone. And, and I do race broadcasts. I'll, I'll broadcast a race remotely. You know, I'm on my farm in Colorado, and it'll be a race that's taking place, say, in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, I'll be up at 5 a.m., uh, try not to wake my wife and my son while I'm broadcasting this race. And, and then we put it out on our Facebook page for the Arabian Jockey Club. And it's been pretty amazing to see the audience grow um, and, and the number of people that, that are following the Arabian racehorses through the work that we do for the Arabian Jockey Club. Well, I think it is amazing. And I just mentioned my own knowledge has grown because of y'all's presence on social media. And again, I want to mention Sue Meyer. She did so much to really bring the racing community forward. And I know many people know Sue from all her activities in the Arabian horses for decades in other parts of the industry. And now she's been so involved with racing as well. Oh, my goodness. Sue Meyer... She was inducted in 2023 into the Arabian Jockey Club Tent of Honor, and that is one of the highest honors that we bestow for the Arabian Jockey Club, and it's for all that she did for Arabian racing. I started in 2016 under President Kathy Smoke, and I continue to work with her and with Sue and Jim, and the influence that Kathy had, then Sue, I consider both of them to be mentors, close friends, 
role models. When Sue was honored, the tent of honor, the way that I kind of phrased it was there were a Mount Rushmore for the Arabian breed in the United States. Sue would be on it. I know her most through racing, and I realize that's only scratching the surface of the influence that she's had on the breed. I truly love Sue and Jim and Kathy and Paul Smoke, and, and they're people that through coming together because of the Arabian breed that have become people that have been very close in the life for myself and for my wife, Ashley. No, that's fantastic. And yes, quite a tribute to Sue and Jim. And like you said, the Smokes, a lot of folks have been very influential and put a lot of time and effort into growing the racing industry. Tell us a little bit about the Arabian racehorse after they're done on the track. They actually have quite a few options to stay involved in their activities as they grow older. When I first started announcing horse race, my focus on horses was just on the track. And so I thought, oh, okay, you know, this five-year-old horse, that's, that's an old horse. But then becoming involved with racehorses after they retire, first with thoroughbreds and now with Arabians, you realize when they finish racing, you know, kind of like a football player retires at the age of 30, that there's still so much more in front of them. And then you see that when they start on the track, the foundation that they get in terms of being bred for a high level of performance, And then when they're on the track, they're being handled and ridden by many different people. They get a great foundation in the walk, trot, canter, all purposes for racing. But then they can use that to go on after they finish racing into a multitude of different sports and excel. For the Arabian breed, the natural pipeline has been to go from Arabian racing into endurance. And it's been incredible to see the number of top finishers at the Tevis Cup, uh, like Treasured Moment, who have racing backgrounds and then can excel after they finish racing in endurance. But then beyond that, just any athletic equestrian sport, the Arabian racehorse with their athletic background can do well in. I recently redesigned the racing section at the Almar Arabian Horse Galleries at the Kentucky Horse Park. The most rewarding part of that exhibit that I did was Arabian racehorses off the track. And we showed the endurance part, obviously, but we also showed Arabian racehorses excelling in eventing, excelling in dressage. There's now a competition in the UAE called the Arabian Sport Horse Championships, where a number of Arabian racehorses go on to do dressage, show jumping, even barrel racing. And what I love, not just the athleticism, but the mind of the Arabian racehorse, they truly take to being challenged. And if they enjoy what they're doing, you just kind of ride the wave with them. So our Arabian racehorse, he retired, and then we evented him, and then we took him back to the track, and then we evented him. And and just if you want to do it, an Arabian can do it. That's just the amazing part about the breed. And that's what I love about We Love Arabian Horses, is that you're bringing together so many different facets of the Arabian breed and realizing we're all under the same umbrella. Yeah, an eventer and a you know, race trainer may be very different than some other discipline, but we're all connected by the breed. And so I think that that's been a really great thing for the 
Arabian Jockey Club to, yeah, our focus is racing, but it's not like when a horse finishes racing that they forget what their identity is. They're, they're still part of our family and we want to continue to celebrate them and we hope that people get to enjoy them after they finish racing as well. Well, yeah, and I call it the tapestry of the Arabian horse community and it's a global community and there's so many disciplines kind of having this umbrella organization to bring them all together, including racing and, and eventing and other things, endurance. I mean, it really matters because some people kind of get siloed in the area that they're focused on and they kind of forget about all the other aspects of the Arabian that are out there for people to enjoy. And especially if we're trying to grow the breed, some people may be interested in racing and some people may be interested in cutting and some people may want to do the show ring. So there's a lot of opportunity for folks to get involved with Arabian horses in any discipline that they prefer. I know you had Alyssa Baird from the Arabian Horse World on the podcast and I've been talking with her and she reached out to me because when they were doing their report about the Arabian breed as a whole, with the breeding in 2022, the fact that the second most prominent stallion across the entire breed is a race stallion, Burning Sand. And that's not just for racing. You see his influence in other disciplines as well. And that three of the top 10 breeders of Arabian horses are race breeders. So with racing, we're not just focusing on racing, but we're focusing on creating an athlete that can go into racing, yes, but can also go into a number of different areas as well. And that's why I've really enjoyed getting to know people outside of my original circle of racing um, because it leads to my increased appreciation and their increased appreciation of the breed and knowing the backgrounds of these horses and then appreciating what they do on and off the racetrack. Right. So, Jonathan, one thing that we're going to do, and I appreciate your accepting our invitation to connect racing into the We Love Raving Horses community more effectively, you're going to be sharing some content over time that will be racing content on our pages. You will also have information where people can find and follow Arabian Jockey Club and other aspects of racing if they want. We're going to be building a gallery on the We Love Arabian Horses website, which will be launched in some period of time with videos and other information. There will kind of be a landing page that will bring them over to the Jockey Club. So thank you for you know, being a part of all of that that helps connect the racing community internally. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm excited for what we'll develop with our collaboration. I know that's a theme for We Love Arabian Horses, and that kind of piggybacks off of what we just did, redesigning the racing section at the Almar Arabian Horse Galleries. And it's been really fascinating to see people that may not have a background in racing kind of gravitate towards seeing these horses and appreciate the breed even more because they get to see a different side that they may not have known about. Jonathan, if anyone wants to reach out to you, what is the email address that's best for you? And also, what is your website? We have Arabian Jockey Club website, arabianracing.org. A lot of the up-to-date content, the Arabian Jockey Club Facebook page is our main focus on social media. And I'm out there for anyone who wants to reach out to me, my personal handle, JJ Horowitz, which would work for Facebook or Twitter, or you can just add Gmail to that and contact me and love to hear from anybody who is connected with the Arabian breed. And I've really appreciated that. I'm there for anybody who appreciates the Arabian breed because I do the same. Well, thank you again for your time. And we look forward to seeing more content from the racing community 
um, in our content channels, and uh, we appreciate your time today. Thank you, and best wishes. Let's make it a great year. Thanks again for listening today, and watch for our upcoming podcasts. We Love Arabian Horses is an ambassador community that promotes Arabian horses with fellow horse lovers globally. If you loved this podcast and would like to hear more like it, make sure to subscribe to We Love Arabian Horses on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share ideas for topics and guests with us, and to learn more about sponsorship opportunities, email us at hello at weloveArabianHorses.com. Thank you again for listening.